Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Very Reasonable Pilots Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Lung. With me, as always, my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, and podcasting associate, Jacoby Gloth. How are you doing today, Jacoby? I wish my name was Jacoby. That would be cooler than Jake, but, you know, here I am. Mm-hmm. Just basic old Jake. Yeah, I feel like if your name was Jacoby, podcast probably be doing better. If my name was Jacoby Jacobs, I would be a billionaire. Yeah, just yes. from having that name, you know, 100%. like that would just—it would just be it right there. You'd also be a basketball player. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd also have to be like you know a foot taller. Nah, but. you wouldn't need to change at all. You would—you would be the exact same person. You just—they're like that guy's got a basketball player's name. Get him on the Knicks, and then you'd be on the Knicks. Yeah, that's how it works, right? Probably. Yeah, that, that is actually how it works. They 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 recruit people all solely off of their names. They're like, this is marketable, right? Yeah, yeah, we could do. Yeah, that. yeah. LeBron James. That's a great name. It's a mm-hmm. great name to put Ma- on Michael a T-shirt. Jordan. We could put we could put this on shoes. Jordan. We could people put are like, him That's in a really movie basic last name. Back. Nah, it's not. It's, it's real. MJ. Come on. Yeah, come on. We, 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 this this guy could be in a movie with the uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah. Both them could. Forgot that there was a second Looney Tunes movie, a second Space Jam movie. We didn't. We saw it. We know we watched it together. It was horrible. It was still quite possibly one of the worst. Not like the first one was like a cinematic masterpiece, but it was much better than that. The first one, at least there was like a vision to it. It was a compromised and ridiculous vision that wasn't very good, but there was vision to it. And the second one just felt. It felt Just like a money grab. It was so gross. I felt gross watching it. I was like, this is so obviously just a marketing like activity. And I'm like, I don't I'm not here for it. They put right. Rick you and Morty in it. You know what infuriated me about that movie? Near the end, right? When they got the fucking basket you know, like yeah, they have the big basketball game to end it, right? That's how the Space Jam two ends for the kids at home, right? Yeah. And they add the style point thing, and you know that's whatever, right? Okay, so we'll say like you know a cool basket's worth more points, and somebody will shoot, and it's like, oh, that that's fucking two hundred points right there. But then like when near the end of the movie, when it's getting like close, and the numbers are you know like the time's almost out, um, it starts being like you know oh like they just did the most ridiculous shot ever that was better than like the two hundred point one, and it's only like three points. Yeah. Like it's just completely arbitrary. The style points they just got they just got rid of them at near the end. I stupid. Well, there was also a point in which in the first uh, movie, we'll, where Sylvester the cat gets shot with a gun and he's fine. So I think this I think there's a lot of stuff in that movie. Right. They just that was Looney disregard. Tunes though. You know that was okay. I'm t- the <laughs> yeah. second movie. All no, right, know, if you're gonna set it. up this fucking point system, you got to stick to it. All right. Yeah. Then. Like, the whole illusion that this basketball game has stakes and is going somewhere, it just falls apart for me when you when you change the rules midway through. Yeah, and the villain's name was Algy Rhythm. LG Rhythm. Yeah, that was, was pretty bad. It was, that was terrible. What's his name? Don Cheadle. Hey, come on, Don get Cheadle, yeah. Don Cheadle. You can do better than this. Don't you have enough money from fucking Marvel movies? Probably. Probably. All right, we he's like barely s- in them though. So yeah, he is. What, what's your he's, what's your pitch this week? This my is pitch, no one cares about. Yeah, Space no Jam one gives two. two shits about Space <laughs> Space Jam Two. But uh, I have a pitch. It's about two characters going on a road oh, trip through space. 
classic, classic, very reasonable pilot's pitch setup. All right? It's like 30% of the yep. work done right there. Space, road trip. Give me yep. uh, give me some money, Netflix. Not Netflix. Can, can we get a better streaming service to give us money? Uh, Amazon. Give us a billion dollars. We'll spend $10,000 on the show, and the rest of it will blow on, I don't know, like Drugs. Cheetos. And, and Cheetos. Drugs and Cheetos. <laughs> some, I was going to say, you know, something lame like Cheetos. Yeah. Like, we don't even spend the money on something worthwhile. No. Buy a lot of Pop-Tarts and build a house. Oh, we could do that. That Honestly, I think that would make a better TV show than whatever the fuck we're talking about today. Just a live Call stream Pop-Tart of... Pop-Tart House. It's just, yeah. You and me <laughs> building a house with Pop-Tarts. And every yeah. time... And then the, the sequel's us living in it. Yeah. And it's just like we both get like horrible sickness because all we eat is Pop-Tarts all day and it's super cold all the time because there's no insulation. (laughs) Yeah. But this show is about one Zara Cleaver, an astrogeographer, an expert in alien hieroglyphs. Uh, Zara has spent the last 50 years working in a condensed wormhole, which means that it's basically this little pocket of space time in which everything has happened outside of it like 50 years have passed within it or outside of it but within it she's just been like not aging she's just been paused in time right and she did this on okay. purpose this is this was her thing she wanted to do because she doesn't give a shit about like family or her friends you know she didn't have any sort of personal relations with anyone that was outside of this little wormhole so she spent the last 50 years just alone in a room doing her research and now she's gotten out she's realized that she's kind of wasted a good chunk of her life doing this even though she's not aged at all uh and yeah, so she, it's like she hasn't wasted anything really she's not wasted anything but also all of her friends and family that she knew before she went in were are dead now they've all died or are extremely old and so she feels kind of remorseful about that and it's like i could have spent my life doing something else besides this research that ultimately got her nowhere because the 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 grant right the 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 company that she was doing the research for folded while she was inside the wormhole and so she once she got out she realized that she had a massive debt from use from using all of these resources and not having a corporation to sponsor it and so she has to spend her time right selling the research right so basically she's now become a freelance researcher who has this big pile of work that she needs to sell and nobody in this quadrant of space is willing to buy it from her because it's you know 50 years on and people are uninterested in whatever the wormhole science that she was doing right whatever and now she's got a lust for adventure and so she she's decided that she's gonna go travel the universe and and sell her research and go on adventure and meet people and you know be a normal person right mm-hmm. our second character second main character also pretty much the last character that is reoccurring is Carlsbad it's his full name Carlsbad Carlsbad a old west gunslinger who is transported into the far future we don't get any no. sort of, like, reasoning why this happened. It's just his backstory is that he was a gunslinger back in the Old West times, and he was sent into, flung into the far future, and he's been living and working as, like, a sort of 
security sort of guy, mercenary style. Like every character in any video game ever, he's just like a general mercenary that does work for people. Uh, on the edge worlds, which are basically the you know planets within the system that have not been consolidated and don't have like access to all the crazy technology. So they're a lot more similar to the old West than you might initially think, right? So his life hasn't really changed all that much except for the fact that now he's in space and knows a bunch of space people and aliens and stuff, you know? Okay. But he's this yeah. totally badass outlaw gunslinger who's just kind of starting to to lose a bit of interest in this life. So because, you know, he again lost everyone and everything he ever knew when he was flung into the far future and now he spent the last, you know, couple of decades living in the far future, killing people for money, and hasn't really set any roots down, right? So that's how these two characters start. They both are a little sick of what they've been doing, and they don't have anyone else to turn to, right? And then our final character element vehicle is the ship that the the two are riding on, which is the Demonstrable. A C-class freighter vessel that has been retrofitted by Cleaver's father to serve as a battle transport and FTL shipping vessel, right? So it was this, like, shitty garbage ship that uh, Zara Cleaver's dad spent his entire life turning into sort of like... You know how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have a van that Donatello has retrofitted with all sorts of crazy technology so it can shoot, like, manhole covers and, like, all this stuff yeah sort of like that you know it's like this really shitty looking ship but inside it's got all this crazy technology that lets it like you know outmaneuver battle uh cruisers and that sort of thing and it's got an ai voice as all of the ships in our shows do and the ai is you know sassy and knowledgeable but you know it's it's not really as much of a character as zara and carl i'm just gonna call him carl uh, so Cleaver is stationed on a satellite bazaar, right? She's just gotten out of her wormhole. She's not really aware of what to do. She doesn't really get it. You know, she's just kind of dejected and sad. Uh, and then she, she, so she goes to this bazaar, which is like kind of this crazy, weird, alien, infested, hyper, high advanced technology place for trading and, and, and the sort, you know? Because I love a big space yeah. bazaar. I love a, mm-hmm. I love a cantina full of weird monsters that, that everybody's pissed off about, yep. about robots and stuff. Hey, he doesn't like you. And Not I don't like, like you, either. you either. Boom. Boom. It was Star Wars. Wouldn't it, been, wouldn't it have been better if instead of cutting off that guy's arm, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi had just, like, started, they started making out? Wouldn't that have been better? It wouldn't have been better if they just shot Luke Skywalker there and the whole yeah. trilogy just didn't happen. That would have been better. What if they shot him with a real gun? Like a, a real gun. Yeah, and it just hard cuts to, this is Breaking Bad. Walter White's here. Yeah. Yep, that's the, that's the, it's a show now. It's not a movie. You came to the movie theater. Well, it sucks to be you. Here's You're actually in your living room. 60 hours of a television show. <laughs> you can't leave. You have to stay here and piss <laughs> your pants. We the doors. Yeah. But she's she's gone to this bazaar to try and sell her research to a local warlord, because that's how far she's fallen. 
you know? She's no longer even trying to sell her research to high-end corporations or, like, independent research firms right now. She, they won't look at it because they're just uninterested. They think she's a kook, right? So she's, yeah. she's fallen so far as to have to sell her research to a warlord who will undoubtedly use it to kill, murder, and conquer hundreds of, of people all over the Hell system. Yeah. And she's, like, pretty sad about it, but also she's she doing what money. she needs to do. Yeah. Takes it to the warlord, and she, you know, she's fumbling over herself trying to make the pitch for her research to be purchased, and she's not really uh, very charismatic. She does, she doesn't talk very well, and the warlord's totally uninterested, and he's like, get this lady out of here. I don't want to hear from her. And she gets thrown out, along with all her research. And so she's at a bar, uh, you know, just, just drinking, being sad, being dejected. When a probably couple of the... Fixing huh. her pages, you know? He probably yeah. threw all the pages out with her, and she's got to, like, reorganize it. Like, oh my god, there's like 400 pages here, and now yeah. they're all out of order. Lots of folders, manila folders, paper clips. She's probably got a pencil in a bun in her hair, that sort of situation, you know? She's, she's not mm-hmm. doing so hot. And so she's there, and a couple of the guards who are working for the warlord see her at the bar, and they decide to start, you know, fucking with her. They mess her up. They again, she's just maybe she's just gotten her papers reshuffled and organized, and they like hit it out of her hand, like real high school bully level shit, you know. And to this, our 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 lovely gunslinger Carlsbad sees this, and he's like, "I don't let. I'm I'm from the old motherfucking west. I don't just let a lady be bullied." by a couple of goons you know maybe it's been like 30 years since i was you know in tennessee but uh, from where I, where i come from we don't we don't let stuff like that slide and so he fucks he fucks them up right blows a guy's foot off maybe slams another guy his face right into a shot glass and he gets the shot glass in his eye so it's like the penguin in the arkham games where he's got like a uh uh you know uh whatever those things are called a one glass but stuck in there because it's a shot glass Mono, in his eye. A monocle. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. <laughs> What's a monocle. monocle. There we go. Monocle. We go. Yeah, he's That's got a monocle, but it's a shot glass. And he's like, oh, fuck. You know, I really fucked those guys up. And she's like, oh, my God. This guy's a real-time heavy-hitting killer. You know, I could use him, right? We could go on adventures, and we could get me to the other side of the galaxy. Because on the other side of the galaxy, there is someone I am almost positive will buy my research. Because... We, you know, worked together uh, 50 years back, and this person has spent the last 50 years, you know, building their brand and their corporation, and that sort of thing, right? And so she's like, this this dude will help us out, right? And obviously it's the future, so he's not aged very much, because, you know, it's been 50 years, but he's also got technology. And so yeah. Carlsbad is like, she she offers this situation to her, to him. He's like, hey... She's like, hey, uh, if you come work for me and help me get across the galaxy, I can guarantee you a huge payout. And he's, like, thinking about it, and he's like, I don't know, I kind of, you know, like it here. And just as he's thinking about it, a loan shark, who Carlsbad owns money to because he's a gambler, uh, walks in with, you know, a crowbar and two goons with shotguns. And he sees this, and he's like, fuck, I can't stay here. And it's, sure, let's go. And so... They kind of do this quick escape where uh, Cleaver is excited because she's never been chased by goons before. Carlsbad is not. 
as excited because he's, you know, he owes these guys money, like a lot of money. And so they're running through the streets. There's a whole, it's a fun, bizarre uh, chase scene, like an Indiana Jones might do, you know? That sort of a thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a melon salesman. Uh, Carlsbad kicks out one of the stands of the melon stand, right? One of the, like, things that holds up the melon stand, kicks it out. The melons fall down. One, like, lands on a guy's head, and now he's wearing a melon on his head. Oh. Ha-ha. Classic, classic adventuring comedy, right? And the episode ends with them getting on the ship and making a quick escape. Quick escape. Uh, but not before the loan shark is able to attach a small transmitter to the back of the ship. So. Oh, no. That's it. End of episode one. Very, it's a fun, light, breezy uh, episode that, that lets you know the kind of the tone that the show's going for. So, the, the episode two begins. They're headed, they're, they're, they're flying and... And Carlsbad looks at the, the supplies that she has in the demonstrable. And the first thing he says is this terrible name for a ship. And she's like, the ship's like, yeah, I know. It's a terrible fucking name for me. But she named me and she loves big words. That's that's one of Cleaver's, you know, one of her character traits is she needs people to know how smart she is. And so she names her ship a big long word just to annoy people and I, the longest word I could come up with was demonstrable so maybe if you want to think of another long word that's fine too okay uh, I'll get back to you yeah you better <laughs> and so he looks at the the, the stock in the ships and they're in the ship and he's like this is not this is shit like you have maybe enough food to last like a day if that right you know you don't have enough uh, fuel all that stuff. And then that's when Cleaver explains to him that the fuel is actually a condensed wormhole, very similar to the one that she was inside of for those 50 years. But it's uh, done in such a way that it uses the, you know, kind of time-altering energy to power the ship, right? I'm only telling okay, you Okay, I've got, I've got the word. Okay, what is it? Uh, sesquipedalian. 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 I like that. What's that, it mean? It means if if it means like uh like overly long, confusing word. That's funny. Sesquipedalian. I like that a lot. I, well, it just means essentially just means that like you know it's a long-winded word. Mm-hmm. Sesquipedalian. You know, it's kind of a cool ship name too. Sesquipedalian. Yeah, it sounds kind of like a cryptid. Like you know, like mm-hmm. the sesquipedalian and the and the I don't know <clears throat> chupacabra got into a fight. That sort of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you'd use it like, you know, you'd, if someone's book was really long-winded, you'd say like, ah, you know, th- it's a very sesquipedalian I'm gonna, novel. I like that. I'm going to use that word in my life. Yeah, you'll probably forget it in five minutes. What? What are we talking about? Okay, so <laughs> they decide to, the Carlsbad's like, all right, I know a person around here, right? Because I, I worked on these edge worlds for a while. I know a guy who would be able to help us and get us some supplies. And he owes me a favor. So let's go go in for a visit, right? And this is a, this is a more classic Firefly-style episode where it's, it's definitely a space western, this episode. Yeah. Because they get there. Carlsbad's old friend has... He's now, like, the mayor of this town, you know? 
and the town is like running on hard times right and Carlsbad's initially is like I don't give a shit like give us give me what I'm owed and I'll get out of your hair yeah and his friend is like hey hey uh he tries to at first play into Carlsbad's like his his empathy and his humanity and that's not a really a good way to to do it with this guy this guy doesn't really give a shit about anyone or anything right he, he's he's a real loner type cynic and so they're like i'll give you some more money uh and some more and some better supplies if you are able to help us and so they reluctantly agree zara is more excited about it because she you know wants adventure and the fun cool stuff and Carlsbad's kind of sick of that stuff at this point. And so they find out that this town has an ongoing conflict with these mysterious mechanical army that has been just arriving out of the desert, you know? This this army of, of like, pseudo-alien, pseudo-biological robots that have been just, like, attacking them at night, you know? And so they're like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Do we know where they're coming from? Well, they're coming from this local ruin, but no one's been able to decipher what is written in the ruin. No one can figure out what the ruin's for, so we can't figure out how to turn off the robots. Now, if you remember from our initial character introductions, Zara is an expert in alien hieroglyphs, so she is very excited about this. She's like, "Oh yeah, uh, my first real adventure, and I already get to use my super special skills. Let's do this. And then most of the episode is them gathering a posse of, of fellow uh, adventurous people and deciding to go to the ruin. They set out in the morning and they get to the ruin by midday and they set up camp and, and uh, Zara begins deciphering everything that is uh, that they're supposed to be doing, you know, deciphering the alien hieroglyphics. And she's like, we need to go in. So, this is probably a bad idea, but Carlsbad, Zara, and a few others are, are decide to delve deep into the ruins just as nightfall begins, right? If I remember, And if you remember properly, the robots only come out at night. So it is yeah. a very dangerous situation. So they get in there, there's a bunch of robot fighting, we gotta kill some robots, that sort of thing, you know? And Zara is able to figure out by putting together basically what's been going on through the hieroglyphs that these robot this ruin they thought initially it was some sort of a temple or a religious you know building of some sort it was actually just a home it was like a really oh. big home like an alien like alien Elon Musk has a mansion right this is that mansion and these robots who were initially thought to be some sort of like guardians of this temple were actually just his own private security force and so he mm -hmm. would deploy them at night in order to keep his house safe. Right? They're just basically, it's like a Roomba with a knife taped to it, guarding your house. Yeah. Like, they're really, in a, they're, they're, they're pretty dumb in comparison to what this ancient society was capable of. So Zara is able to reprogram the robots, making them think that in, they initially thought the town was full of invaders, but actually, and now, with the reprogramming, they think that the town is their new home, and that they must protect it, right? So that's, that's mm -hmm. the end of this episode. They, they do a, they do a good deed, 
And Carlsbad's like, you know what, Zara, you're not you're not that bad. I thought you were just some sort of a green moron who spent the last fifty years living in a hole in the ground. But you know, you you you've got some skills. I'll give you that. You, you've got some skills, you know. And so they get all their things, and it's it's a happy ending. This is one of the the episodes with a happy ending, which is nice, I think, for a, a good episode too. And they get on their ship with their new supplies, and they're just like fucking. Pachow, and they leave. Fuck off. Back off to space to fly across the galaxy. Episode three. Big crazy episode. This is this is gonna be the episode that has the most fist fights in it, alright? If there is an episode of this show that is like uh, Daredevil, and that there's gonna be a hallway fight or hundred and fifty hallway fights, it's gonna be this episode. This would be so many hallway fights, it'd be great. So they're flying across the galaxy, as you do. And they're like, oh, you know what? We're doing pretty good. And as soon as they think that they're safe and happy, the a gang, a ship of, well, marauders, space marauders, space thieves, almost a, 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 a space pirate crew comes upon them. And they decide, well, shit, they're space pirates. Hopefully... They don't come near them. But these space pirates actually have a boss, unlike many space pirates. Can you take a guess at who that boss would be? Uh, is it me? Uh, it's Jake. Am I the boss? Uh, you can. You can play the boss, because the boss is the loan shark from the Space Bazaar. Oh, who would have thought? And they've been Let's following They've been following the, the, the signal of the, uh, of the tracking device since they left, and they've just recently caught up to them. And so, yeah. the space pirates, you know, they, they board, they kidnap Zara, they take uh, Carlsbad down to the hole to, to, you know, kill him and torture him and stuff, because that's what pirates do. And uh, she's, you know, trapped up on the bridge with the loan shark, and, and the loan shark begins to inform Zara a bit about uh, Carlsbad's past, about how the fact that he was an old West cowboy back from the, you know, 1800s and and he's he's been sent into the far future and he's lived in you know all the all the stuff we've already gone over and so this this show this episode is mostly just uh zara getting explanation dump and having a conversation with the loan shark as carlsbad i have written here uh carl has to go full john wick to save uh her and the ship so in this episode Carlsbad goes full John Wick and just starts killing everybody, you know? In really cool, mm-hmm. fast ways. This is this is yeah. an action-heavy episode. We could have some some witty dialogue, of course, because what is a, a Very Reasonable Pilots podcast show without witty dialogue? Mm-hmm. It's just a normal one of our shows, I yeah, would say. Yeah, it's just a normal. Yeah, it's just average. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a lot of witty dialogue, mostly because there's not a lot of dialogue in a pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he goes full John Wick forward slash the Mariner from West from Waterworld, and he's just like hiding in the ship, killing people, doing Rambo stuff where he's like hiding in the in the blackness of the ship, and then the the pirates walk past and he opens his eyes real dramatic like and like slits their throat with a knife and throws another knife you know uses a hammer in a Damn. hallway old boy style it's all thing and then uh 
he gets up to the bridge to save Zara, and he's, like, you know, fully all decked out. He's covered in blood. He's got, like, a knife. One of his hands is, like, sliced open, and he's just duct-taped it closed. You know, all the stuff. All the... He's got the gun taped to his back like John McClane. All the... All the fun sci-fi stuff. And... He gets up there, and Zara has negotiated a deal with the loan shark. And, and and so she's like, hey, Carlsbad, we just figured out uh, how we can get out of this easy peasy. We just have to give him, you know, so he, he's just, you know, he's going to buy some of my research for a very reduced price. And then the loan shark is like, wait, Carl, what are you doing here? Aren't you, oh, is that blood? Are you? Oh no! And then just as he does it, Carlsbad shoots him in yeah. the stomach because he doesn't care. And he's like, "I don't give a shit. Let's leave. Let's take all their shit and go." Hey, could have some Stuart line that doesn't make sense. Like, wait, is that? Is it Jimmy's blood? Is that my son's blood on your arm? Like, how, how would he know that's his blood? No, it's not. Mm, but maybe Carlsbad's like, wait. Carl's like, it's not. It's like, don't, don't, don't worry about it. We're like, wait, how do you know that? Is it, is it a different color? I, I feel like it's the same. Bang. Dead. Doesn't care. He's not happy about it. And Zara's kind of like, she's a little horrified because she figured out how to solve this problem without violence. But then she's, but Carlsbad's like, well, guess what? You hired me. When I'm around, there's going to be a reasonably large amount of violence. Get over it. They get on the. They get back on the. That's the uh, name of the show. Reasonably large amount of violence. I reasonably large violence. Let's let's do that. Amount of violence. Amount of violence. <laughs> yeah. That's, Way too long of a title. Nah, but I kind of love it though. That is, I hadn't thought of a title. I think reasonably large amount of violence is a pretty good title. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then they get on the ship and they fuck off, right? That's end of episode three. Episode four. Uh, so there's an engine problem caused by the pirates. They fucked with the engine. So as they're leaving, the wormhole uh, containment field breaks, and the ship is jump skipped through time to the end of the universe, as we like to do. So they're gonna go to this bar that's at the end of the universe, right? That's that's where the ship jumps them. Is they're in a bar that's at the end of the universe. And they you get there, and there's just a bunch of people in this bar, and they're all characters from our previous shows. So there's the wizard from uh, that one episode, I can't remember the name of, that I wrote. The one with the full-on pilot, <laughs> nice. uh, part of the script written. All that stuff you did, and you can't remember the name yeah. of it. Uh, yeah, Entropy. Entropy, the death of all things. Yeah. Uh, so there's gonna be the wizard from Entropy of All, Death of All Things. I Isaac Illich is gonna be there. Just n- not explained. No one. We're not gonna mention it. It's, he's just gonna be there. Jimmy King's gonna be there, right? That you did a show about somebody going uh, from the end of the universe back in the past to like get news stories, and they fucked with historical yeah, figures, tra- right? Trans temporal times. I don't yeah. know the name of the character. I don't either. But he's gonna be there. That we're just gonna. Have, it's gonna be a big reference fest and it's gonna be great and they get there and every single one of the crazy space adventurers that is in the bar is gonna tell them just give it up just it's not a good way to do you're stuck here now sit down have a drink and wait for the universe to end and they're kind of like i kind of don't want to do that because i don't want to die here but also what are we gonna do 
You know, so this this episode, because the last episode was super heavy on action and violence, this episode's going to be mostly dialogue of people sitting in the bar having conversations, Zara and, uh, Zara and uh, Carlsbad talking, and they talk to the bartender, and they talk to some other characters, that sort of thing. And a mysterious elderly woman here overhears their conversation and decides, you know what, I can help. And so she goes out and she begins fixing up the ship with Zara. And it's like, oh my god, this woman knows so much, you know. Like, I, I would never have thought of that in a hundred years or something. You know? Yeah. And so they work it and they get it fixed up. And it's revealed that the elderly woman who is helping them out is actually an elderly version of Zara who did give up. And she stayed at the bar at the end of the universe. And she's been there for decades. Oh. Right? And so they're kind yeah. of like both a little shocked and, and horrified by this revelation. And, you know, they're like, get out and, you know, I'll cease to exist because, you know, by f- helping you fix the ship, I've erased the timeline that I'm from. So, go. But that's actually a lie. She isn't, she is from the same timeline as this. This has always happened. There is, a, they've always come back and met an elderly version of Zara. And so Zara stops Carlsbad as he's getting on the ship, and he and she tells him, "Do not trust me. Like, do not trust Zara. Do not trust what she is telling you. She's lying to you. You know." And that's the final thing that she says before he gets on the ship, and he fucks off. You know. And that's it's it's a kind of a, a mysterious, spooky ending. Ooh, spooky. Oh, yeah. And then the final episode I have written down, the actual, like, full thought-out pitch, is a kind of a self-contained horror episode. I think we would do it on Halloween, which is the, you know, our two main characters, they stumble upon this this floating wreck of a ship that's just out in space, and they're like, oh, we should investigate. Maybe there's people on there we could help, or maybe there's some shit that we could take from them, right? And so they go up on the ship and they find just, like, corpses after corpses. Just so many corpses. And they're just like, what's going on? And there's all these people, like, paraded up like marionettes. It's fucking horrifying, you know? They get there, they investigate, and they find one crewmate still alive. And there's this, like, crazed lunatic. Like, uh, Ben from uh, Treasure Island. If you've read that book or seen that movie or anything. Just this guy who's been living alone by himself, along with the, like, bodies of his former, you know, friends and family, right? And he's just lost it. And so these three yeah. kind of get together, and they begin, like, forming a plan, because this crazed crewmate is like, let's just call him Ben for short. Ben is like, I want to get off the ship Fucking as soon ben. as possible. Help me out, right? And they're like, okay, we'll yeah. help you out. Uh, and Ben tells them there is this this creature, this sort of an alien being stalking the ship. That's the thing that killed all of uh, the fellow cr- my fellow crewmen, right? We need to find this thing and kill it, you know? And so they begin this kind of a Scooby-Doo-esque wandering around the ship, splitting up, looking for clues, that sort of a thing. And uh, Zara and Ben go out and one... A way to look for something. Carlsbad goes another way, and he's investigating, he's searching, and he he stumbles upon the med bay, and there's this enormous creature there, just like this rotting, decaying 
dead body of a horrible alien monster, right? That, you know, maybe it has some blood on it, maybe it's got a few kills under its belt, but this thing has been dead for a while. Like, less time than the corpses have been dead, right? The corpses are fresher than this alien thing. And so they've realized, Carlsbad realizes, that Ben hasn't been trapped here by an alien monster, that he's just gone insane and used the alien monster as an excuse to lure more helpful travelers into the ship, into the bowels of the ship to kill them, right? Oh, yeah. So it's bad. So, yeah. so it then you know the episode ends with Carlsbad running through the ship. It's super you know tense and stuff, and he you know we, we'll obviously do some fun editing that as he figures it out. Uh, you know Ben is standing over Zara with like a spear or something or a big hammer or something like that, and then we'll cut away and make it seem like oh he got her, but actually he didn't. Zara shot him. Because she's fucking smart as hell. Oh, and shit. So she, a, lot of, a lot of twists here. Yeah, she knows. She's figured it out as well. You know, mm-hmm. that he's, because of, like, inconsistencies in his story, that Carlsbad didn't notice because he's not really a space guy. The same way that she's yeah. a space gal. And so it's, you know, that's kind of, that's how the episode ends with, is with them both being like, maybe we shouldn't be so trusting of people. But also maybe, who cares? Right? Life is life goes on. Fuck it. <laughs> and so they, uh, you know, they get back on the ship and they leave. And then we, you know, obviously this show has is very open-ended format-wise. So you can do pretty much anything as they're traveling from one end of the galaxy to another. You know? So that's that's really that's the, the, the episode ideas that I have so far. And then I have an ending of the show in which they get to the planet that they were they wanted to go to and Zara is able to have a meeting with her former uh, colleague who has decide who has become super successful and wealthy and it's like the colleague is like this is this is crap this is bullshit what you've done this fif- the 50 years you wasted on this research is meaningless you know it's it, science has been moving forward right and you've just stayed in the same place everything's been moving forward and you're not at all why would i buy this like here's 20 bucks for the bus ride home like get the fuck out of my office basically and so zara despondent disappointed you know as she was at the beginning of the season goes to carlsbad and tells him i'm sorry i lied you know there's no other way to get you to follow me you know but uh, if there, here's here's the twenty bucks I got for the bus. This is the best I could do. And Carlsbad's like, I know you lied. You told me. Uh, it's okay, you know. Like I spent my whole life just working for money. That I'm I'm glad that I found someone that I can enjoy working with. And so they're both. That, that's it's like sweet. It's nice. And so they both decide to end it the same way it began in a bar and they go down to a local dive bar and they get themselves some drinks and just as they're cheersing to to you know future adventures and further fun and and working together they take a drink and then they look outside and a massive alien army has just fucking teleported (laughs) in into the into the airspace and they're like oh shit there's an invasion of space people fuck me everyone dies and then End of end of season one. 
it's going to be revealed in season two that this is not actually an alien army, it is from the future, and they're using the engines developed by Zara Cleaver in order to travel back in time, right? That's, that's how our inventions come into play in this universe. But that's how oh. season one ends. That's the end of the show I've written. It's a bit of fun. It was. It was. A reasonable amount of violence. Was that? Was that I, the I thought t- it was... I thought it was a reasonably large amount of violence. Yeah, a reasonably large amount of violence. That is a good title. I like that a lot. A reasonably mm-hmm. large amount of violence. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's, that's it was it. good. It was fun. I like I like road trip space shows, you know. Yeah. You can never go wrong with a fun little little road trip. Little road trip, little uh, space, little bit of sci fi gobbledygook, it's fun. Alright, well, thank you everyone for listening to the Very Reasonable Pilots Podcast. I've been your host, Charles Long with me as always, but my co host, editor, producer, co pilot, gunner, navigator and podcasting associate, Jacob Galoth. If you like what you heard here and you want to hear more, please give us a like, a follow, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog, tell your cat, and enjoy the uh, four extra minutes that you have today because we had a little bit of a shorter episode. And um, It's still 45 minutes here, so... Yeah. You know. It's not that much shorter. <laughs> you didn't really get that much time back. Yeah, but uh, enjoy what you can. Have an extra long We're cutting poo. into it now, too, which isn't helping. Yeah, yeah. it's just continually going. Still yeah. pushing here. I assume no one listens to this while using the toilet. And if you do listen to this I, while I using do. the toilet, shame on you, sir. Or madam. Uh, it, uh, your voice helps me poop. I, helps, it helps, helps me relax poop. the... Uh, the sphincter. The, the, the muscles. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and it's, have it's a good day. You, it's because your voice is at such an interesting pitch, you know, uh-huh. such a grating pitch that it it, it, it revulses the yeah. muscles or it, repulses the muscles. It makes your body want to expel as much fluid as possible. Which... You ever you ever see like in in TV shows, like uh, usually animated shows, obviously, um, when like someone has really bad breath and they breathe on someone. Yeah. Or, like, they breathe on a flower, and the flower, like, curls back and, like, dies. Yeah. That's what you do to our listeners. Oh, good. Sphincters. Sphincters. Nice. Yep. The sphincter, uh, I don't know. Fairies with Pilots podcast, the number one rated laxative by medical professionals. I think we would honestly do pretty well if we got a doctor to say this helped you poop. Probably get more listens. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, and that's enjoy a, the rest strat. of your shift. I'm going to start contacting doctors. Contact some very uh, disreputable doctors. They Four could... to five doctors recommend the Variable Pilots podcast if you're having trouble with your bowel movements. If you're shit, you feeling constipated, you should check out the Variable Pilots podcast. Uh, They'll talk about side nonsense. Effects <laughs> include uh, becoming a worse person, boredom, wasting time, boredom. Imagining all these TV shows that won't get made. Yep. Disappointment. Very. Okay, well, you guys, we took those those four minutes back, so good. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Have a good rest of your day, everyone. Stay safe out there. Goodbye. Goodbye.